Football cards all day, every day. You know it's the Quest cast. Oh my goodness gracious. There's this random guy named Cordero Patterson who is like setting the world on fire in, in sales. But we'll get to that in just a second. Andy, we got to talk about the new NFT announcement. We're going to talk about that, what you should be looking out for uh, when it comes to the non-fungible tokens. But Andy, the first thing, uh, your Patreon has been popping the quest cast and people want to know, and this seems to be the lingering question throughout the YouTube sports card universe. Are we in a junk wax era 2.0? And you have some interesting thoughts on that idea because all these products are getting released over the next month. Yes, that yeah, a lot of products being released, and especially when you look at last year, you know, over the full range of the season, how many products were released from Panini and all the different sets, and then all the different parallels and inserts in each one of those sets. The question has come up. Shout out to James, who actually just beat me in the Quest Rookie Card League. So, James, so but, anyways, James had a great comment about he wanted our input on this Junk Wax 2.0. And the, the difference between now and what was going on in the early 90s in, in the early 90s, you only had a couple variations of a rookie card for a certain player, but they just printed the crap out of it. I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies, right? And, and when you look at it today, the, the print run on the base cards, is, it can't be that high. I, I can't imagine it's that high, although there has been some comments made by some executives at Panini that the print run has definitely gone up. And we know it. We see it in the available listings, you know, going back to 2016, 17, 18, 19. But they've definitely also increased the number of parallels. And my thought is that now with so many different parallels and so many different inserts into each of these sets, there's just a ton more strategy, like right. The 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 print run is still very low on a lot of cards. Uh, when you look at the serial number cards, the autograph cards, the short print, the silvers, and that kind of stuff. So, I think it adds a lot more strategy into the card investing and flipping game today. So I have a few thoughts on this, right? As far as someone who's kind of sort of new, but also has a history in this. Uh, my dad was more heavily invested into basketball cards. And obviously back then it was more just base cards and the high number of print of base cards. And everybody wants the 1986 Jordan or whatever. I think now with the newer generation, they're, they're probably going to be a little bit more interested in parallels because this is what they're going to know. Uh, I think People aren't going to be as attached to base cards now, Andy. Would you would you agree with that? Because of all the different colors and and things that are being released now, and all these young people getting into the hobby right now, I, I do absolutely agree with you on that. Um, and especially as someone evolves in the hobby, or they become more mature in the hobby. You know, maybe you start out getting a base card, and you're like, "Wow, this is cool! I've got a base prism. It's such a cool card." But after that, you're no longer satisfied with a base prism or a base rated rookie. You, you, you're now wanting something that's got an autograph, got a serial number, got some color match, got some more bling on it. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Yeah. And here's the, those are the two words I was going to use next color match. 
right? And for those who don't know what that is, what a color match is, is that it's the prism version of that color that matches the team uniform. So if you have a Calvin Ridley prism card, I don't know if they had red prisms for Calvin Ridley, but that would be a color match. Joe Burrow has some very... I, I love the color orange. It's a very unique color. It's a color you don't see every day. And the Bengals are one of the few teams that have orange in their color. So if you get a Joe Burrow orange prism, uh, it, it makes it pop a little bit more. So this is going to be my thing as far as parallels are concerned. One thing, Andy, I don't like, especially just with this last prism set what is what is the infatuation with the checkerboard prism? Is it is it are those cards numbered? What what makes it so interesting? I never really understood that. Well, it's very similar to the downtown and the kaboom. You know, you have these these zebra print and checkerboard print. Right. And as far as I I know, the checkerboard print is not even serial numbered it's just considered a case hit you know it's one of those cards that is considered ssp or super short print and you're only hitting one of those on average per case of 12 hobby boxes right and so it's a very low percentage that you're going to pull one of those cards and i don't know they're okay but when you look at compared to how much they resell for that's that's a lot of money. So so here here's my thing as far as junk wax and and uh, Kevin, I hate you for beating my guy Andy in the fantasy football card quest uh, league. I'm horrible in that league, by the way. Uh, but th- this is what's really fascinating about this. I would stay away from like a checkerboard prism because you know you mentioned downtown and kabooms. Well, here's the thing. You know a downtown and kaboom when you look at the card. It has a very iconic look, does it not? Of course it does. You immediately know what that is. Understand when, you know, I I see people freak out about the select, like, zebra print cards. And they do look cool. Obviously, it just depends on your taste. But you have to know that about those cards that they're short print, okay? And I'm not sure if everyone knows that. I don't know what makes that different than a purple wave prism or or whatever i just that's why you know there's so many different parallels there's so many different things i would say this andy i think base cards are are still going to be a thing i still think the silver prism is always going to be a thing Right, it's kind of like a mixture of both. It looks like a base card, but it's a silver. It has that rainbow shimmer on it. That uh, even though it's basketball, the Luka Doncic silver prism is an iconic card in the hobby. I think the Justin Herbert silver prism. I just think silver prism is always going to have uh, some weight. And I also still do believe in in color match. Uh, shout out to my guy Mint, who's a big LSU collector, and he collects the color matches of. Justin uh, Justin Jefferson purple prism, uh, Clyde Ritzelaire red prism. It looks sharp. It just does, and it acts. It adds a little extra layer to it. I think those two things, as far as non-numbered cards, are always going to be interesting to me. I just don't know in the long term if people are actually going to care about some of these other, you know, variations, just because 
they know it's a short print. That doesn't mean everybody knows that's the case. Yeah, it's very true that everybody doesn't know that's the case because you're absolutely right. You make a great point. I mean, what's the difference between a, a blue wave prism and the checkerboard prism when neither one of them have a serial number on them? However, they're both, you know, come with that SP tag or the SSP tag. And it's hard to discern the difference unless you actually get down in the weeds and look and compare the number of available listings, which I've even gone to the extent of doing this on like the select set, for example, to look at the number of available listings between the different tiers they have, the concourse, the premier, the club level that they added this year, and then, and then the field level to see if in fact that the field level is the most scarce because it has the fewest amount of listings. And I kind of figured a good way to do this, something you could do at home, if you're wanting to kind of figure this out on your own, is to look at a player that's highly available, right? Like a player that was printed in everything, that's still a backup right now, that people aren't going out running running to grab off the shelves. So I did this with Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay. Um, you know, because he did come with some draft capital. I think he was taken in like the second or third round of 2020. And so he did get printed in all the major sets. But, you know, he's behind Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and, and buried on the depth chart in a, in a running back by committee team in the first place and a pass heavy team. And so he's printed in everything. So you could go on there and look at the available listings of him for any of these cards and get an idea of how of. The, the kind of the print runs, you can kind of approximate, you know, which card is more rare than the next. And it, it's important to do your research. I don't want anyone with checkerboard, zebra print, leopard print, uh, giraffe print. I, there's all these different prints, rhinoceros print, gorilla print. I mean, there's probably all kinds of stuff uh, out there. Uh, now, I would not be surprised uh, to, to see a peacock print card knowing everything that's happened and and here's the thing people listening to this might actually think i was serious that there is a rhinoceros print or a hippopotamus print there's so many different parallels so understand that not all of them that, that's my main point is yes checkerboard print cards should be worth more if they are a shorter print understand though that not everyone is going to know it uh and and that's the thing especially if people are entering the hobby this is very this is such a, a key tip that i've learned and i've learned it really really tough that not everyone is going to know as much as you know right uh as far as people are still concerned andy i'm sure they, they still come up to you all the time saying is this card a silver prism no it's it's it is a silver prism but I thought my base prism was a prism. No, it's not a prism, but it is a prism. You see, if you're yeah. a card collector, you understood everything I just said. But understand, Andy, that there is, you know, for people that are getting in, there's going to be some confusion. So always understand that the more simple, you know, the less explaining you have to do about a card, the more it's probably going to be better. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you and then you throw in words like refractor and exfractor, and I'm like, wait a minute, was the prisms a refractor, and the mosaic is an exfractor? You know, it's yeah. There's a lot of different jargon. You know, a lot of it's jargon of what we use in the hobby um, to describe certain cards. And there's words that I use to describe cards that that's not actually what it's called. Like 
you know, the the scope cards and the the shock cards and the pulsar, you know, and all the different um, adjectives that are used to describe certain parallels of cards. I'm like, wow, that's a that's a wave and that's a shine, <laughs> you know, that's a shimmer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, and I, I know someone's Googling giraffe print cards right now. I love it, man. So, you know, before we get into like a few things that have happened, you know, in the past week, as far as prices are concerned, I want to talk about ripping packs really quickly. Understand when you go to retail, this has just been what I've seen from from different Walmarts and whatnot that I've been to. Uh, football cards are flying off the shelves. You know what's very interesting, Andy, is I see a lot of Topps Chrome baseball being left on the shelves. I, I I even see WNBA prism boxes fly off shelves, and those are marked up to forty eight, not forty eight, $38 a blaster for WNBA prism. Yeah, yeah I saw your eyes pop up, $38 for it, and that's after tax and all of that, where – you know, I was able to get my hands on a Donruss blaster, and those were $27, $28. So I, we, we touched on this in, in the last episode that, you know, prices of retail have gone up if you're able to get your hands on some. Um, but something I found to be interesting was that you can get these Donruss packs, and, you know, you, you can rip some. You can actually get some good cards out of it. I saw one pull – I saw someone pull a downtown I believe out of out of a just a cello pack. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I do recommend Andy if you're at a retail store to. I understand it's better to buy singles, but if you're able to get your hands on a sealed product, I highly recommend buying. And you know y- you can hold a box if you want to or not. But dude, sometimes it's just fun to rip, baby. Sometimes you just gotta rip that bad boy. I think it is fun to rip, especially when you get it at retail prices, you know. And and it's like, especially with you know, because we're watching the all the 2021 QBs just had you know good bounce back weeks, uh, most of them anyways. And and um, it's just like that's exciting. It's fun. You get it at retail prices, and then your chances aren't so bad of of making your money back and. And there's a lot of entertainment value in it for 20 bucks or like you're saying, you're buying value packs at 10 bucks. I mean, I think that's really cool. And then the other thing that they do now, and I think what you're kind of seeing this year, Carter, is because we haven't seen a mosaic, right? The the big difference this year compared to last year is they released Donruss and then immediately a week later released mosaic, two big popular sets for NFL with the pro uniforms released in retail. And I think Panini went to their analytics and consulted with their their business consultants and said, okay, people see a lot of value in this rated rookie logo. This set did a lot better than Mosaic. Let's go ahead and shelf Mosaic. I don't even know if they're going to do it this year at this point because there's been no news or release dates around it at all. And, you know, put more emphasis on the hits into, into 2021 Donruss, add more inserts, add more parallels. Um, go ahead and throw in the the optic preview hollows and all that kind of good stuff into 2021 Donruss and have that be our flagship product, you know, released. And we'll go ahead and increase the print run, but we'll lower the print run on certain parallels and rare cards. And with this being the main product for right now for all the 2021 athletes, we're seeing some pretty good 
uh, profits being made, right? I, I think even Ooh, yourself has yeah. made some pretty good profits on on some skill position players being pulled out of those. I, I pulled a Jalen Waddle once again. We go back to the beginning. Not a color match. This was like a pink ish card. I didn't know if it was pink or red. Um, optic Prism. I, I listed it for for thirty five dollars when I pulled it, and it sold in a day. Um, and this is Miami Dolphins, so not necessarily like top 10 popular team, a team that's not that good, a team that doesn't have his quarterback. Jalen Waddle was a big star at Alabama, but he was hurt his final season, so he doesn't have you know the same fan base that maybe a Devonta Smith has, per se. And you know, I saw a few Jalen Waddle sales. Um, and then you know, in, in one of those packs, I pulled a train Lance. Someone I want to talk about just briefly here. Um, I like Trey a lot. I really do. I like his situation, even though he's in a tough division. He's with the 49ers. That is an iconic brand. Uh, Trey Lance is, he's got the superstar dual threat kind of game to him. Uh, so, you know, I pulled a blue press proof, sold pretty quickly for like $45. So, Right now, people, Andy, even though they know that these prices are likely going to decrease, they're still buying the sales. Uh, and we'll touch on this now with Cordell Pratt- Patterson after this last week. Sales are good right now. I did not expect that after four weeks. Now, I don't look at the data as, close as, you, as uh, closely as you do, but just me looking at eBay every day and and – Buying a card here or there, I am shocked at how many times I click sold items check, and I see all these sales. It's it, it's an encouraging sign. It is an encouraging sign, and so something I started doing new this week uh, to really see this clearly is filter out all the auctions because we know those are forced sales. Those are going to end regardless, right? Regardless, those are going to yeah. end. Someone's going to buy them, whether it goes under market value or over market value. Someone's going to buy them. Someone's going to sell them. So. I took out all those and just looked at buy it nows to see how many times people went on to eBay and looked at for a certain player and went to buy that right then and there. And it was surprising that Cordero Patterson actually had 46 of those buy it now sales on Sunday after his three touchdown performance there in, in a game which they ended up losing in the final seconds. And, you know, the Falcons are in last place in the NFC South. They've, they've got a difficult schedule. doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. Cordero Patterson now uh, almost a 10-year veteran, right, going back to 2013 for his rookie card. And, yes, he did have a lower average sale price. So his average sale price was probably around 5 to $10 compared to a, um, a Saquon Barkley, who is, is an interesting comparable because he's been one of the most uh, electrifying, athletically gifted athletes since he entered the NFL in 2018, just struggled with injuries. But his rookie cards, because of that, have stayed at a significant, you know, a significantly higher resale value. And they won their game, a big upset against New Orleans Saints in a game where he had a monster day as well. And his buy it now sales were somewhere around 15. So nowhere near that of Cordell Patterson, but the average resale price of Saquon was about $30. So here's the interesting thing about the Patterson, and it all kind of clicked to me now. All right, so whenever you and I became um, 
friends, you, you were the one that, and, and look, they, you helped me make a lot of money. Uh, I spent a lot of money on Joe Burrow college uniform cards. And if you're uh, a fan of me being on Andy's channel or just a fan of my LSU YouTube channel, you know the story already that Andy told me to sell them immediately. And the thing that I always found interesting was that the name of your channel was the Fantasy Football Card Quest. And now more than ever, I see the connection between fantasy football and sports cards, right? The only reason Cordero Patterson is a big star right now is in PPR formats, he is the RB2, okay? RB2 overall. So here's the thing, right? The only reason you can explain that many Cordell and Andy, once again, you look at this every day. You know this better than I do. That is a ridiculous amount of sales for a team that is losing. The Atlanta Falcons, big market, uh, but come on, not a top 15 NFL brand. The fact that he sold that many cards, the only reasonable explanation, and yes, they aren't overly expensive, but five to ten dollars you're still you know spending money it's fantasy football that's it that uh, i would say probably 10 to 15 of those people saw patterson win winning them their leagues early on because he was like this deep sleeper that you probably claimed off of waivers uh so i think you know just thinking this out loud andy i just think that that's fantasy football and i think that tells you that there is a real crossover between people that play fantasy football. Shout out to Underdog Fantasy and and people that uh, that that buy sports cards. That could be the only reason why Cordero Patterson. Andy, do you even know what college? I, I want to quiz you. Do you even know what college he went to? Oh man, tell no. do you do you know? I don't. I don't. But you don't I, know. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> huh? I don't know. Huh? He and here's the funny thing. He went to a top twenty college football brand school. He went to Tennessee. Oh. And yeah. So I mean, look, this is wild, wild that he had that many sales. That lets you know that there there might actually be a real crossover between fantasy performance and, and sports cards. I think I think there absolutely is Carter and I think we're seeing it this year you know we didn't see the typical run up in the preseason before the season on all the good players you know people were it, it was a lot more mature a lot it was Ryan. evolved into okay we did that last year you know and, and this year with everybody being able to get out in public go to the games you know have you ex have experiences and all this kind of stuff it didn't necessarily take a whole lot away from the hobby but it left all the people that are that are serious about it in the hobby, and we're we're watching the games, we're planning out our fantasy teams for the upcoming weeks and upcoming months, and we're looking at guys like this, and it's a direct correlation, in my opinion, Carter, because he's an incredible fantasy performer, and he's also one of the rare fantasy players that you can slot into a wide receiver position, a running back right. position, or a flex position. It's pretty interesting how his his uh, roster spot on the falcons is and uh he's explosive man he's explosive i don't know it's it's pretty it is pretty incredible to watch it's very exciting to see that kind of movement i saw a similar experience last week after the thursday night game i looked up james robinson because like man you know james robinson broke quite a few tackles in that game he looked really explosive 
You know, the commentators were talking him up about how he was undrafted. He's got this big chip on his shoulder and he's been nothing but phenomenal in the NFL. And he's like pound for pound up there with Eckler and these other guys for being able to break tackles and explosiveness. And, and sure enough, I go over to eBay and look at the recently sold focus on buy it now. And there's dozens and dozens and dozens people actually dropping 50, $60 on his rookie contenders auto um, short print card, you for know, James uh, Robinson, for James Robinson, man. Let's so go. on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So yeah, there's a direct correlation from what happens in fantasy to football cards. Yeah. And once again, the Cordell Patterson might be an outlier. This is something that we're going to monitor all season, but you know, this was something you predicted, Andy, that performance related sports card prices, maybe, especially for lower tier players. I've seen other videos on this topic, but the one thing that that those videos do is they focus just on the quarterbacks and mm. Kyler Murray and, and they're good videos. And, you know, I've, I've, I've watched them, but we're diehard football card collectors. We're diehard football card investors. If you're listening to this, you are looking for position player moves. You're not just jumping from the elites of one sport like Luca and, and, and Tatis. You, you want to know about some of these other position players. So understand that, you know, we're talking more like lower tier prices, but you know, I I, I want to get to the quarterbacks before we talk about the NFTs just really quickly. It is very interesting that another week has passed, Andy, and people that spent the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert cards are feeling really good about themselves right now. Yeah, they're feeling really good, especially after the Chargers uh, mopped up on the Raiders last night. I mean, they looked elite last night. They looked elite on both sides of the ball, and that's exciting. You know, they're, they're first place in their division. You know, I know you can't, you can't write off this early Kansas City. You can't write right. off the Raiders. Uh, you can't really write off um, the Broncos. Yeah, you can't write off the Broncos yet, but uh, I think that the Chargers are the real deal. And, 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 and looking at the AFC North, look at the, the Bengals. You know, are they the real deal at three and one when you have Baltimore sitting there and Pittsburgh's off to a really slow start? But I mean, it's uh, in Cleveland, right? And Cleveland's three and one. So they're it's it's very interesting. But the 2020, uh, those two guys, those quarterbacks, their rookie cards are doing just fine right now. Um, And with and then like going back to your our junk wax era 2.0 comic you know you have so many different options you can go on to ebay right now and find a 2020 joe burrow rookie card for five ten dollars but is that the card that you want to invest in to to look at doubling your money no because it's probably like a base absolute that they printed so many of them that you're just never going to move the needle on that card maybe it's a nice little collection piece but right. it's never something that's going to really truly move the the needle on that card. It's not like when you invested in Patrick Mahomes in 2017, there wasn't, there wasn't as many options. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy to see even Patrick Mahomes college uniform. And I, I know I'm going to, I'm saying this, it's a college uniform rookie card from Patrick Mahomes that a base one on eBay that is selling for like 20 bucks. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for that card. It doesn't sound like a lot, but for the college uniform base, I mean, that's pretty, 
it's pretty obscene. $20, knowing how many other Patrick Mahomes college uniform cards are, are out there. That's yeah. that's that's pretty insane, man. Um, but none of those guys, Carter, none of those guys, before we move on, none of those guys are front runner for MVP right now. Kyler oh, Murray, Kyler, Kyler Murray is the front runner right now through four weeks, and his cards just continue to go up. I, I was getting offer after offer after offer on my base prism. That was a PSA 8 that nobody wanted back in the summer, and I bought it for like 30 bucks, and and I was getting an offer after offer for like 70 and and I, you know, I didn't go too crazy on it, although I could have still be holding that, but we talked about that last week, so I won't dwell on it. You know, I, I left yeah. the next guy a lot of room to grow in that card financially, sold it for 80 but the question comes up is how high do we think that those premium base prism, in this case, rookie cards can go from these elevated print run years like 2019-2020? It's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, you, you don't know. Like, you don't know how high. I mean, it just comes down to what people would pay for it. And that's why, you know, scarcity matters. Number matters. It's very interesting that you and I were looking at a Travis Kelsey card that I was trying to buy. And the card number was 187. So it had that 87 at the end. It was a silver prism autograph rookie. And that made me want that card that much more. And I was going to pay up to 550 on it. And little did I know it at the very last second went up to 650. And I'm sure because that person put in a lot of work to get a serial numbered card, an autograph rookie and all that, you know, this stuff takes work to, to really find something, you know, valuable. Uh, so understand that, you know, if you go and buy a Justin Herbert or Herbert, Herbert, Justin Herbert, silver, like PSA 10, Understand that, you know, the pop count is going to be a little bit higher. That card pop count is only going to go higher. Uh, no one, you know, PSA still clearing through their backlog. So understand that, yes, these players are good. It just doesn't necessarily always correlate with prices. Now, I do want to get into this because we are in the early stages of it. And you and I are both physical card kind of guys but andy your, your initial reaction to dapper labs which is the brainchild of nba top shot that same company has inked a deal with the national football league now there have been individual players like patrick mahomes and tom brady that have done their own nfts and have sold it for charity and all that stuff but this is different andy this is the actual league with the actual licenses and they're going to be able to sell moments uh like plays like they do with the nba top shots so like a patrick mahomes no look pass will probably be a moment and there'll, there'll be a certain number of them what are your initial thoughts to that announcement from the national football league well i i know that nfts are kind of a thing that they're they're very progressive they're very you know, a thing of the future, you know, they're very popular with young people. And I think that a lot of them can be pretty cool. I know that DraftKings has uh, NFL MV NFTs now, and uh, Gary V's talked about NFTs a lot. And I think right. with the right, the right manufacturer, the right software developer making the NFTs, it can be very popular. And with, you know, the highest single league, you know, revenue generating sports in the NFL in our, in our country here in the United States, 
Um, it's definitely going to take off for a lot of young people and and older people, right? I mean, there's a lot of right. a lot of techies, a lot of us geeks and nerds out out here that like, you know, we like. I think NFTs are cool, but at the same time, I think it's still just a it's it's a moment. It's something. It's a intellectual asset. Is kind of how I look at it. It's kind of like right. cryptocurrency or. Um, you know, anything online that doesn't have a, a physical, tangible asset behind it. I don't know. It's I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about it, to be honest with you, Carter. Yeah. I think if, if I can get in early enough, then I could be profitable with it. But it's not something that I see myself like logging into on a daily basis to check out my NFTs and looking at the moments, kind of like, you know, cherishing that. Like I put my cards on the wall. You know, kind of thing. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So the good thing about NFTs is you can sell them and not have to put them between, you know, some cleavage to sell them. Uh, <laughs> for those that listened to the last episode, you get that joke. Uh, it's all online, right? And Andy, you you work in you know technology to a certain degree, and you know I I do YouTube full time, so we understand you know the virtual aspect of it to take it one step further you and i've never met i've never met brad nolan i've never met matthew viscovi face to face um you know name your favorite card youtuber and their co-host whether it's um brad and, and the finance guy dustin you know they, they've probably met a few times i know they met at, at the national so like most of the stuff we do now is is virtual right whether it be your work or whatever so understand that you know we we like virtual. It makes stuff like this possible. Also, I like to NBA Top Shot. And I'll say this, just full disclosure, because I, I do want to be open. I want uh, we're going to be open and and uh, about you know our purchases, and we're going to be honest about it. I made a lot of money on NBA Top Shot. Okay, not like like the Jack Settlements and and stuff like that. Not like some of these you know like the crypto punks and the people that are really big into it. I made a lot of money just on Chris Paul. Like I was able to, you know, see a market inefficiency. I'm not that smart, but I saw that Chris Paul's moments were very, very underpriced for a very iconic player. And I made, I made, I did well. Okay. Now, full disclosure, it was just one moment that I flipped and it was, it was nice. I really enjoyed it. When it comes to the money, okay, <laughs> I didn't like it as much as actual cards. I just didn't. It wasn't the same thing as getting the card and holding the Derek card that I bought and sending it to someone else, even though I didn't make as much money off of it. I like that so much better. I like holding the cards. I like seeing the cards. And you, you and I were talking about this previously about Starstock. I feel the same way about Starstock. I've done well on Starstock. Starstock is kind of like NFTs, though. I never held the Cooper Cups that that I bought. I never got to see it. And I know that may not be a big deal to some. It's not like the absolute end deal breaker for me. I'm going to be involved with NFL Top Shot or whatever they're going to name it. But it's to me, it's just not enjoy. It's not as enjoyable for me, Andy. I'm still going to love it. I'm still. I love Dapper Labs. I. I I do. It's just not the same as 
buying a Kirk Cousins and finding it for a dollar and the guy sending it to me and in in that and I'm not even a Kirk Cousins fan, but I mean two dollars for a rookie, whatever. I'm sorry, Andy, I just like the physical cards. I just do. Yeah, and and there's so much strategy involved in picking out the specific card of the player that you're targeting. And the thing that I don't like about Starstock, I think the thing that's holding them back from really taking the next step to being more relevant in in football cards or any any sport for that matter is having actual pictures of the right. physical tangible cards that they're putting in their vault. You know, they have this proprietary raw grading system giving cards a A, B or C grade and then putting them in the vault, but they don't have actual pictures of the cards. So not only is it like an NFT in the sense it's all virtual, it's all done through their web interface, but you don't even get to see the actual picture of the card like you do on Comp C. So right. it's missing that big element, and I get it. It takes a lot of time to scan all those cards in and, and put the uh, the pictures on the website, and they probably have to you know, write additional code and hire additional people to do that, and they didn't want that overhead. But I think that's the step that they probably need to take if they want to get more traffic on their website like ComC has. And, right. and, then you, and then you can get an API, like a software integration with eBay to where your listings on StarStock are also shown on eBay as a buy it now like ComC has. When looking at sales history on ComC, about a third of those purchases are going to come through eBay. And I've looked at my buddy Brad from the comeback, his sales history on Comp C because he sold a, a bajillion cards on there, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, like a third of it all came through eBay. Yeah, I'm just a physical card person. And once again, I've done well on Starstock. I've done well on Top Shot. So it sounds like, you know, I'm going against money, but I'm not in this for money. I'm in this to hold the card. I actually like the cards. Now, there's some people you'll meet that don't like the cards. They just like the fun, flipping, stock market type of mentality when it comes to it. But that's – and if you're like that and you're listening to this, do whatever you want. This is all – what do they say? People on cardboard, whatever. Do whatever you want. Uh, collect Pokemon. I know the phrase Charizard doesn't tear an ACL. Do whatever, whatever saying you want to say or whatever. I just like to touch the physical cards. Even if I've lost money, even if I make a stupid purchase, I bought a Dwayne Haskins PSA 10 for way too much money. So what? I got it right there. I can hold it and see how dumb I was whenever I actually did it. And I think that's, I know that sounds stupid, but it's fun. And I, I like that aspect of it. So understand that I, I know, Andy, you're not anti-NFL nft you're not anti dapper labs you're not anti any of that mm -hmm. i think you and i will both like the moments because what make what's going to make this different is that these are going to be like actual plays like panini has blockchain they have like little you know cards already like with nba in particular and that's cool all right this is going to be different though because it's going to be an actual like play like an actual footage uh, of a play. So like my Chris Paul was when he put the ball between a center's legs and had like a crazy layup or something like that out of it. That's going to be what these moments are going to be. So it's going to be really cool and we're probably both going to like it, but we got into this for the card aspect of it. 
Yeah, I you know, I could see myself getting a I, I wanna get my I definitely wanna get my feet wet and get at least one moment. Like if I could get that Scotty Miller, you know, seventy yard touchdown from Tom Brady at Scotty the end of the first Miller. half in the uh, NFC uh, championship uh. game, maybe that one goes undervalued because it's Scotty Miller. I would love to have that one because I was jumping up and down in my living room at that moment and I'll always be reminded of that. Maybe that would be cool. And I I don't know. So I do wanna I do want to get my feet wet with it. I didn't do anything with NBA Top Shots, so it's hard for me to really give, you yeah, know, yeah. an an opinion on it without having actually been involved in in the previous releases of of the Dapper Labs NFTs. But absolutely, and and there's a lot of that uh, flipping, you know, day trading fantasy gamer aspect in me. I love the the strategy yeah. of it. I love the the weekly, you know, gaming strategy aspect of of cards and fantasy. And so there's a lot of that in me, but I've grown to really uh, have a, a great appreciation for the cards themselves as well. And, and I've grown my personal collection. And since then, like I've really enjoyed opening packages that I buy from eBay of cards that I've specifically targeted, get those in my hand. And I'm like, man, take I, I want to take every card out now of the top loader, the penny sleeve, get it under some good light and really look at every look detail at it, of it. I have a lot of fun doing that now. I will say this, though. Like, if I was a diehard Steelers fan, and, you know, they get Franco Harris to sign on it to it, and you get a moment of the Immaculate Reception, and it's serial number 32, that's pretty cool. Okay? that Like, there, I mean, that would be pretty freaking cool. And that moment would be sold for, like, 100K. So... When that actually comes out, we'll we'll go through it if it is like the NBA top shot. But once again, we're not anti, but understand that there's going to be a lot of money uh, put into this pretty quickly. Now, hobby tip of the day, Andy, uh, you know, we always like to share one thing before we give a play of the day. Um, Penny sleeve and top loader, that's pretty standard as far as like shipping something is concerned i know you get a lot of questions about how you ship cards so the hobby tip of the day uh, we'll, we'll stay along those lines as far as properly shipping a card so what do you want to share as far as that is concerned i i just want to share the fact that there is cheaper alternatives you can uh use to your advantage if you're selling a lot of raw cards i would look at start you know using the ebay standard envelope and it's only 95 cents and you put it in an envelope you get a tracking number and you can ship that card out for a third of what it would be in a padded envelope and this really makes a lot of sense for cards that you're selling for under 15 dollars you know um and this is really going to cut your overhead down big time and it it took me a while to really feel comfortable and i really don't do it a lot now unless i'm selling a card that's very inexpensive Right. Um, but you do it a lot more than me, right, Carter? Yeah, I do it a lot because, you know, I sell a lot of cheap singles. And understand this. If you put on there that you're shipping it three ninety nine in a bubble mailer, whatever, don't just do a $0.90 cent and, and make money off that. that. That's just bad, bad practice. So understand if you're going to do that option, you have to click the eBay standard envelope there's plenty of YouTube tutorials. I think Scotty B cards is the one that I watched to learn about it. So look into that. The card has to be $20 or under, and it, it can only be one card. Um, and you can't put 
cardboard around the card. It just has to go in, and you can put a sheet of paper around it for extra protection. Um, but that's how that works. But if you do put three ninety nine, what I typically do, Andy, especially if it's not a, a lot of cards I'm selling, is I do the cardboard thing, especially if it is a higher price card. So for people that don't know, I cut out a piece of cardboard and I put it around the card and I put painter's tape uh, around it, blue painter's tape right there. This one's in a ball or whatever. And I put uh, painter's tape at the top of the card and then you put it right there and then uh, I painter's tape the cardboard around the top loader, especially if it's uh, a more expensive card like the, the Jalen Waddle. That person spent $35 of their money on it. I put it in a small plastic team bag, put some other cards in there and then put it around cardboard and then put it in the bubble mailer. And I know for sure, barring Optimus prime stepping on that thing, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to get crushed. It's not going to be uh damage. And I, I do believe in karma in that. If you send cards out like that, people are going to send your cards out like that as well. Yeah, in fact, whenever I sold my Amari Cooper PSA 10 just this past um, within the past week and a half, I added I paid out of my own money for additional insurance because oh, I wow. messaged yeah I, I messaged the seller I charged them three ninety nine for the shipping standard shipping I put it between cardboard the painter's tape put it in a bubble mailer but I told the guy because. You know, he was very excited. He's like, dude, I'm so excited about this card. You know, it's numbered out of, I think, 99 and uh, the PSA 10 Silver Prism Auto. Nice yeah. card. And so, it, I, you know, I sold it for like $350. And so yeah, when you pay deal. that much and he paid like $30 in shipping and taxes, like wherever he's at, I saw that his total bill was like 380 out the door. I'm like, I'll take five extra dollars of my money add insurance to that for you for peace of mind because he was in in texas obviously a huge cowboys fan and he was talking about how his amari cooper collection is incredible he's like an amari cooper guy and so i was like you know what i'll take an extra few bucks and add insurance to this for you and understand you know slabs can crack uh, slabs are not invincible okay um some of my dad's you know basketball PSA 10s, they're cracked slabs because back then, you know, they didn't have the same like padding and protective practices that we know of now. You, you don't want that. <laughs> you, you don't want slabs to crack, right? Especially slabs because uh, I'm going through that right now, but we won't go into that uh, with, with one of my Kobe cards, even though I'm mostly football. Now, this has been a fun episode. This has been my favorite episode because, you know, we touched on so many different things. But people like plays. People like something actionable, Andy. And this you're you're way sharper at this than than I am. Uh, but but go on ahead and and let us know your play of the day. Last week it was the Titans, only for pretty much every Titan skill position player to get hurt <laughs> before before this next weekend. So give people another really bad play. But actually, it is a good play. <laughs> It was a good long-term play, you know, the whole thought behind that before the Jets went out and kind of humiliated the Titans. But, you know, A.J. Brown didn't start, Julio Jones didn't start. Derrick Henry still had over 100 yards rushing, I'll add. Just, I don't know, you know, hey, they're playing in in New York, and they would just 
you know, when you're hungry enough, any given Sunday, right? Right. Okay. G- give me some goods, though. Give me something where I could go make a gazillion dollars. A gazillion dollars, man. That's that's going to be tough. Um, you know, you know. I'll, okay, I, I've got a good play for you because this one is another good play for various reasons. And this is A.J. Dillon on the Green Bay Packers. Oh, um, I'm going to A.J. Dillon on the Green Bay Packers. Number one, he's built like a freaking linebacker. And the dude's height adjusted speed score is incredible. Um, he's he's a massive human being with incredible amount of power, never skips leg day, right? And what was interesting this past week when Green Bay beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, their offense was a lot more balanced, a lot more balanced. It wasn't all Aaron Jones. AJ a. Dillon was actually considerably involved in the offensive production. You saw Randall Cobb get involved. And I just think coming down the stretch as Green Bay uh, tries to preserve the the uh, the legs of Aaron Jones, their offense is becoming more and more balanced. I think A.J. Dillon's got the propensity to make some huge highlights, some big plays where he's trucking over guys like Derrick Henry does. And the cool thing about A.J. Dillon is he's actually got his own social media page where he breaks cards, where he actually opens football cards and he collects his own rookie cards. He's open about it. He posted on his Instagram, on his Twitter feed. And so he's relevant in sports cards. He's relevant in football. He's a 2020 rookie. So if you do pick a, a short print or an autographed A.J. Dillon, it's not going to be super expensive at the moment because of he's, he's still a backup to Aaron Jones, right? But he's in a big market. It's a playoff caliber team. He's relevant in the hobby, and he's an incredible athlete. I like it. I, I actually have a few A.J. Dillon cards myself, and part of that is because I like the fact that he's in the hobby. We need to get him on this show. A.J., ah, if, you're, awesome. if, you, if you're listening, you need to get on the best card podcast of all time and shout out A.J., your Boston College Eagles. I, I got to get this mascot right. They are the Golden Eagles, right? I think so. No, no they're just the Eagles. I think they're just Eagles. Either way, they beat down on the Missouri Tigers. They've low-key had a good football team. They're, it's more than just Matt Ryan at Boston College. Shout out to you, A.J. Dillon. Now, I'm going to give you a, a very interesting play, and I know a lot of the money is put on uh, Keenan Allen, but I just love the Charger skill position players. I really do. So Austin Eckler, very heavy into fantasy football. Freaking love this guy. Amazing athlete. But I'm a big Jared Cook guy. I understand that the Saints fans don't like him. He had the critical fumble that won you guys the game that cost me my Leonard Fournette PSA 10. He had the critical fumble in that game. Now, you know, I looked on eBay just then. I looked on earlier. I was able to find some Jared Cook rookie autos for $2. $2, okay? We're talking about the number one tight end with the Los Angeles Chargers in a division where there's a lot of smart defensive coaches, okay? So what are they going to do? Well, they're going to stop Austin Eckler. They're going to force Justin Herbert to go to someone not named Mike Williams. They're going to not name Keenan Allen. And guess guess what the Chargers do, Andy? They do this thing that I wish more coaches did. Uh, if you watch my LSU YouTube channel, you know this as well. 
The Chargers go for it on fourth down, okay? They're very aggressive on fourth down. So guess what that means? In the long term, that just means more scoring opportunities for guys like Jared Cook, especially in the red zone, okay? Let's say the Chargers make a run. They look really good right now. Best pass rusher in the AFC, probably Watt or, or Bosa. Um, best defensive back in the AFC right now, Andy. It's probably either you could make a case Tyron Matthew, Marlon Humphrey, but I, I would say Derwin James is probably the best. Chargers are loaded. Uh, progressive young coaches and Jared Cook, uh, 2009. I am guessing his rookie season is not going to have ridiculously high pop counts on any of his rookies. If I can go online right now and get a rookie auto, I don't care uh, if if it's not Prism. I mean, Prism wasn't even out yet. I don't care if it's not tops or if it's not silver. Anytime I get an auto rookie for two ninety nine. Uh, you, you can't go wrong with it. Now, it's not gonna, it, it's not gonna net you a million dollars. You might not ever sell it for anything, but I like the fact that I can make rookie plays, like this Kirk Cousins for like a dollar. Well, I spent two dollars total for this card to ship to me. It, I just like you know lower price plays like that where it's not going to break your bank. And I just like Jared Cook a lot. It's not fancy. He's he's not he doesn't run a four three. He's not Vernon Davis. He's not George Kittle. He's not one of these super athletic uh, Travis Kelsey type tight ends. But he's just good. So he, I, I, that's just a lower cut. Jared Cook might not catch another touchdown the rest of the year. Uh, I know the fantasy guys aren't in love with Jared Cook, but I love him. And it could just be the little bit of Saint fan in me that still likes him. But I'm, I'm going to go with Jared Cook uh, for this week. I like the pick, man. Just the team scenario, the athletic ability, 6'5", 254, runs a, runs a 4'4", four, four, at least on his pro day back in 2009. But um, just, just look comparing that, with with the team scenario like we mentioned and the fact that I'm, I'm looking at his rookie cards right here carter and you are not kidding man 2009 is a good year uh in terms of of scarcity and just not a ton of of availability on on different cards and his cards are very very um uh, appealing in price like very little downside when you can get an autograph card numbered out of less than a hundred for ten dollars you know what i'm saying you just can't go wrong man you just can't because you know the scarcity is there and who's jerry cook might make the dwight clark catch in the playoffs you you never know you never know and then his name is forever cemented uh in the rest of the time i know it's a long shot i know he had a big game i know it's probably just some recency bias uh but still i i've always just liked jared cook for whatever reason andy People have got to join the Patreon because guess what? Um, you, you you get your questions answered in the Fantasy Football Card Quest Patreon. So tell people how they can get involved. Absolutely. You get your questions answered. You get access to early access to all our content. You get bonus content. You get an auction sniper article like we're talking about, all these complexities in the card game. I get down in the weeds and and show you all the evidence on why I would invest in a certain player and then specifically which cards and which listings to to look at and to target. Um, and so there's all that going on. We've got a very active discord with nine different channels, you know, for everything from Starstock, Comsee, Mail Day channel, 
the the whole nine yards, right? Fantasy football updates, everything. Uh, it's very active. Um, so patreon.com slash football cards. Also, make sure you guys, if you're into LSU football, go follow Carter wow. over at uh, Power Hour LSU. And, you know, mo- most importantly, make sure you're subscribed to our new YouTube channel, our new podcast here. You can get it everywhere you get podcasts. It's just called Football Cards, Collecting and Investing all day, every day. This has been a fun show, Carter. Peace. 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 Mm-hmm.